Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Saturday, November 12th, 2022, and this is day 1697 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you, we honor you, and praise you, and only you. Thank you so much for equipping us with the skills and empowering us to go forth uh, to fulfill the purpose you've given us. Help us, Lord, to not be afraid to come out and begin to share those gifts with the world. I thank you so much for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask my Lord that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today's message is time to come out of isolation. Mm-hmm. It is time to come out of hiding. It is your day to shift and to transition into where God has called you to be. We're going to be coming out of Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. And it says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. So this, um, uh, the festival of the Passover was something that the Jewish uh, people would celebrate. And that was, um, uh, that was the celebration of the day that the death angel passed over all of the houses of the Israelites while in Egypt. And it was the final plague that uh, God put up on Egypt because of Pharaoh's disobedience. And uh, he used Moses to deliver the, you know, million plus people out of Egypt. Uh, They were using them and enslaving them and oppressing them and treating them horribly. And then finally, the last plague was the firstborn of every household would die if they did not have uh, the blood of the lamb over their doorpost. And uh, then God sent the death angel and all the Egyptians lost their firstborn child because they did not have the blood of the lamb over their doorpost. Only the Israelites did. And uh, so they celebrate that because that was their day that God delivered them totally out of the hands of Pharaoh. So we too should celebrate, you know, the things that God has done for us and recognizing that on a regular basis. So the family was not aware that he had stayed behind. And this could have easily happened because the way they would go to um, 
to go to the Passover to Jerusalem to celebrate. They would go like a big caravan. It would be family members and, you know, some would be on a donkey or some would be in a carriage and, and the kids would be running alongside and playing with each other and there were relatives and cousins. And so there were lots of people from the community that would go together. And it was a few days journey. And uh, so, yeah, so that that was why it would be easy for them to not notice that Jesus was not with them. It wasn't that they were bad parents. You know, they just, with all the excitement going on and the way the kids would run around and play, it, it, easily, it could easily happen. Verse 44 says, Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. I mean, it was four days they went without him. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? And the King James Version says, I had to be about my father's business. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and, and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he uh, did this. Uh, he stayed with his parents until he was 30 years old. And that is when it was time for him to go out into the ministry. He was 33 when he died for our sins and rose up from the grave. So... And I noticed this too, Mary, always a very wise woman. Uh, and when she was impregnated through uh, the power of the Holy Spirit hovering over her, she was a young girl. Uh, they say she could have been anywhere between the ages of 12 and 15 years old. And um, so she was a very wise young woman as well. And she knew there were several occasions that things happened and she would just think about it and ponder it in her heart. We can learn a great deal from that alone. <laughs> There'll be times where we just may not say anything, but just ponder that in our hearts and remember it. And, and then it'll be like a full circle. We'll remember, aha, now I get why that happened, right? That's happened to me many times. Point number one. I remember when my kids turned 12 years old. I have three children and they're all grown. <clears throat> they're in their two in their 40s and one late 30s. And um, so turned 12 years old, they were, you know, or uh, and everything changed, especially with my oldest daughter. Uh, before turning 12, she was happy with me picking out her clothes and shoes and you know, she would help and at different stages of her life, I would give them all the responsibility to, to help pick out things. But it was based upon like maybe three choices I had already made 
and laid them all out, let them pick what they wanted to make sure <laughs> that they <laughs> were wearing things that I felt was decent, you know. Uh, and so she was good with my suggestions. And then once she did turn 12, <laughs> it was a major shift that took place. No matter what I suggested, she hated it. And uh, it was like this major rebellion. <laughs> and I didn't quite understand it at that moment, but I did ponder it in my heart as I was trying to figure it out. My very first child did not quite understand. I later understood <clears throat> that it was her time of transitioning from a, a little child to an adolescent and then to a preteen. She was coming out of that isolated stage of life, now having a mind to make her own choices. And man, oh man, did she ever. <laughs> and now she's, uh, you know, just an amazing young woman, uh, you know, works hard, does her own business as well, and uh, married and, you know, just, just doing, uh, she's a good person, very giving, kind-hearted person. All of my children are, and I'm grateful to God for that. Jesus was shifting also at 12 years old. It was like a prelude of his development as our Messiah and showing himself to the world. What has God given you? It is time, and maybe you've been kind of you know, teeter-tottering back and forth, like, ah, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Won't. God is saying it's time. Point number two, many of you are ready to transition into your purpose. It's time to come out of isolation and show yourself to the world. God has gifted you in specific areas to bless others and yourself. You'll be blessed for it. Um, it's time to share your gift or gifts. In some cases, um, we've gotten so used to being sheltered, told what to do and when to do it, that we're afraid to expose ourselves for fear of rejection or unacceptance. As we can see, Jesus had to be about his father's business. When doing that, he was free because he was doing what God the Father had equipped and empowered him to do. So there is like this freedom that comes along with fulfilling our purpose. Think about it. When you are flowing in that area, you know, it might be that you're a painter, a designer, a chef, a, you know, um, uh, a welder, whatever that is. When you're doing it, it is just like, like um, this great joy, a uh, peace that that comes up on you as you're doing it. You just know that you know that you know <laughs> that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And you may not have even gotten any uh, special training to do it. It's just, it just comes natural and you may enhance it by getting schooling or uh, going to a trade school. And that's why I think uh, even now the way that uh, we prepare our kids for adulthood, uh, sending them off to college. I really think that we should first find out what our children's gifts are, or even ourselves. Find out what our gifts are. What are we naturally good at? Then begin to build our education around that. Even if we started that at a very young age, and that's what we do with our kiddos in T-Zone, finding out what is your gift? What are you good at? What is, what is it that you... Um, tend to naturally 
um, lean towards doing? What What is that? What does that look like? And so helping them to understand that and then um, giving them opportunities to grow in that area by uh, giving them assignments. Like, for example, right now we're doing our business for transition zone, the group business, even though individuals in the group can have their own business. Well, T-Zone has a group business and that's going to be uh, designing t-shirts, but it'll be a little different because it's going to be their own designs. So what we're doing is allowing those students who like to design, who are artists, they're going to do that work. And then there are going to be those that may want to do the producing side of it, the manufacturing piece of it. So they'll do that. We're letting them choose. We're not saying, okay, because I was meeting with a group of people uh, this week, this week, and they were saying how they've got something like that in their school. And uh, what they do is allow the freshmen to do designing, let's say, for example, and the sophomores to do production. I, I don't want to do it that way because that means that I am still enforcing you to do something that may not be uh, your gift. So I always believe in giving them a choice so that now they're able to experience it and they may say, you know what, I don't think I like this. I want to try this and letting them try that. There'll be a group of them doing sales, you know, a group of them doing the customer service piece as we do pop-up stores. So equipping them and preparing them in that way, uh, just as this illustrates the story of this Bible truth is so amazing. I remember for me growing up, you know, my parents divorced when I was seven, oldest of five, and there's actually seven of us. I have two younger sisters who live in North Carolina. And uh, so, but there were five of us at that time. And when they, my parents divorced, uh, a lot of things shifted to me as the oldest. And um, I was the one in charge while my mom worked, you know, a lot trying to provide for us. We, my father chose to move on and start his new family and did not uh, help us financially, nor <clears throat> I, I honestly believe that even the financial piece was not nearly as important as that just human connection with him, him being a part of our lives. That honestly was the most devastating part for me. But one of the things that happened was I was pretty isolated and I always felt this rejection. And the rejection was because my two youngest siblings played together and then my two brothers always played together. So I was always alone, the odd man out. <laughs> and I was the one that had to be in charge and uh, report to my mother what was going on. So I was labeled the snitch or the tattletale. Well, I didn't mind because I'm doing what my mama said. <laughs> and so it was... Um, it was hard. Uh, and so later when I thought about it and later as I grew up and thought about that. And so I had to make a shift in my mindset and, you know, pondering all these things like Mary did. And even now uh, there are things that's, that's an area where the enemy tries to keep me isolated and keep me from fulfilling my purpose. And that that thing that he'll use is rejection. Uh, and I'm dealing with that even now 
but I've learned, I mean, and that, and that is one of the major darts is like a, not just a fiery dart that the enemy throws at me, but it's more like a, a bomb <laughs> that's being thrown, but at me. And I'm sure you experience certain things in your life that feels like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. And, and how can I focus on the purpose that God has given me when I'm dealing with this? And so it, it creates, um, sometimes, uh, you know, like a anxiety or sadness because of not being accepted in groups, especially among those whom I love that are closest to me. And I mean, within my own immediate family and uh, things like that. So, so once I understood and still today have to tell myself as I get pushed past that and begin to function in my purpose, then all that stuff just kind of dissipates. It it just evaporates. It I don't even feel it anymore. You know, but when when I'm not doing what God has called me to do, then that sneaks up on me and it can make me feel uh like um, it can throw me into a depressive state. I haven't been in a state like that in years, maybe um, once or twice in my life. And it was very, very dark, very hard to get out of. And uh, God brought me through. And I'm grateful to him for that. So one of the things that we must recognize is coming out of isolation means leaving behind the things that the enemy uh, has tried to put up on us or has been putting up on us to, to hold us back. That is a tool he uses to keep us from being effective for God. So once you are functioning in your gift and you're doing it naturally all the time, <laughs> you know, it, and, and so thinking about that and then, and then when you are maybe just relaxing and the enemy tries to throw that at you, You've got to begin to shift your focus and think about what the Lord has called you to do. And many times I'll tell you, I, I have to just, and I was sharing this with a dear young lady who's like a daughter to me yesterday. Even if I don't have a prayer of what I say is Jesus, I just say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the name of Jesus is so powerful that the enemy flee so quickly. He cannot take that name. We, you know, there is no other name that we can call on that has that kind of power, you know, and that is, that is how we get to God is through the name of Jesus. So when we call out that name and we don't, his name, and we don't know anything else to say at that moment, because we might be deep into this, whatever that is, that's trying to keep you stagnant. Calling on Jesus is the way. And trusting him. And every time I do that, and I really begin to now, once I say it, then the transitioning begins to take place within me. See, that is that spiritual food, that spiritual warfare that we're in. It is a constant warfare. And we spiritually have to be ready to fight. We don't fight this fight physically. It is a spiritual thing. And so in order to do it, part of it is through our gifts. And the other part, the main part is through our connection with the Lord, you know, through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And he reconciled us back to God the Father through his blood that was shed on the cross. So understanding the power we have through the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, and then we get our power through the Holy Spirit who is here for us. And he equips us with power, with with, um, discernment. Uh, He leads and guides us into all truth. So leaning in to that, as we come out of isolation, letting go of all the fear, letting go of the things that have been holding us back, you know, letting go of what people have labeled us, uh uh-huh, whatever they, you just like your daddy, or you acting just like you, or whatever it is you used to do, and people don't trust you, they may hang on to their purses, because maybe at one point you would steal, you know, but you're not that person anymore. And so it's time to come out, even though there may be those people that still look at you in that way, you got to get past that. The only way to get past it is through Jesus. Now, if you don't know him as your savior, that would be the number one thing to do. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that is why we have these gifts and talents to lead others to Jesus, to be a part of the kingdom of God, to be with Jesus for eternity because time is drawing near. Oh, praise God. The angels are rejoicing right now just because of you. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E-B like boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community with our youth, teaching them workforce skills, life skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation skills, and, and human and sex trafficking awareness. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.